everyone. Uh, this is Rumble, and I'm Michael Moore. Thank you uh, for tuning in today. On Saturday, I um, put out an appeal to you on this podcast to send me your ideas of what you think we should be doing. Um, I've been putting forth a number of of my thoughts and ideas here, and and others I've had on as guests, and I thought uh, maybe you have some thoughts. I'm guessing you do, and you did. I, I put that out there on, on Saturday, and in the last 48 hours, I've heard um, from many of you uh, via the voicemails that you've left, uh, the emails you've sent me, the postings on social media. It's uh, safe to say that uh, I've got a few hundred, if not a few thousand um, messages and comments from all of you. And I've been able to get through the bulk of them. And so what I'm going to share with you today, um, if you don't hear your idea, it doesn't mean I didn't like it. It just means there were just so many of them. Uh, the triage here uh, has been difficult. And so finally, I just decided to throw caution out the window and uh, just randomly um, post or talk about some of your comments, ideas, uh, or your voicemails. And in fact, um, just before we get started, let me just say this. There, there is a, a plurality amongst all of you that seem to believe in certain basic things um, and, and are also sort of trapped by the law um, by a lack of will amongst the general population. And of course, number one, the number one thing I heard from everybody is how do we get rid of Trump? And uh, you'll hear a couple of ideas that people have. Um, but that is first and foremost on, on people's minds. Um, secondly, the support for Bernie is still very strong and it has become all the more evident during this time um, that we desperately need somebody like Bernie. In fact, to even just think about what would it be like right now if he were in the White House? What would this all look like? What would those daily press briefings be like? Um, how much aid and support would have gotten to the states by now? You just go down the whole list. Actually, I've, I've reached out to Bernie um, to sit down with me virtually. He in Vermont, me in New York City, so we can have a discussion and maybe I can ask him some of the questions uh, that you've posed uh, to me. So why don't we uh, why don't we why don't we just start here? Um, and let me just pull one up here. Michael, it's Sarah Kaczynski of Washington. We're across the world from each other, but the podcast unites us. And I love you, man. I think we need to invoke the 25th. I think you need to instruct us on how we can do that, how we go about actually applying the 25th Amendment. Um, and we need to rise up against the plutocrats who apparently pay no mind to the fact that there are 18.9 million fucking millionaires in our country who could help us solve this crisis. I want you to take... Um, 
Siri and ask her what a thousand, like one thousand or maybe five thousand dollars times eighteen point nine million. What's that number equal? Because that's how much money we should be able to um, to coal for this effort. It's ridiculous. There are six hundred billionaires, Michael. Come on, what do we do? What do we do? Exactly right. Um, first of all, that's right. There's almost twenty million millionaires in the United States. Um, the uh, the idea of invoking the Twenty Fifth Amendment. Of course, I think I've said this. We've all said we've all would hope to wake up some morning and and all of a sudden see the the cabinet, the vice president, the others involved, uh, take their legal constitutional powers and remove this idiot from the White House and get somebody in charge uh, of this, uh, at least just for the next uh, 10 months until his uh, term would have been over. Uh, that is first and foremost, I think, on everyone's mind. Every day that goes by, with uh, someone in charge who doesn't know what he's doing. If he does know what he's doing, that's even scarier. Um, but um, um, I think that that's uh, this is an excellent idea. And I think we'll do an episode on the 25th Amendment and, uh, and maybe call in some people who can help us figure out. Because we, we keep saying this, the 25th Amendment, 25th Amendment. This is, this is the amendment in the Constitution that allows... Um, certain people in the government to legally remove him uh, from office. Um, so thank you uh, for that, uh, Susan. You you speak for, I think, millions um, with that thought. Uh, next up is uh, uh, Jim. Uh, he also has, I think, a, a pretty good idea here. Hi, Michael. Um, just the beginning of a thought about responding to the issue of the PPE being sold. Um, I'm wondering whether, since we can't all be together in one place, whether there's a way to create a nationwide um, appeal on a platform like Zoom of thousands of people uh, in our country asking for other governments to help us. Um, we're getting equipment here in Massachusetts from China. New York is getting equipment from China. Um, kind of to show the ultimate no confidence in our current administration and to embarrass our government, to shame our government worldwide, whether something like that might go viral. Um, if we were asking the rest of the world, please help us, our government won't. Yes, it's come, it's come to this where we have to beg other countries around the world for help. And uh, the Chinese and the Russians uh, in the last few days have flown planes into New York with equipment, with protective gear, with the things that the people need here. Uh, it's, it, this should be the ultimate embarrassment to the president that uh, it has to work like this, um, that we are the ones in need of foreign assistance. And yet that's just the truth. And I join that appeal to people in other countries who are listening to this. You need to take care of your own, of course. I, um, please do that. But we're in need of we're in need of help here. 
And what's been amazing in listening to these voicemails and reading um, the emails and the postings over the last two days is that is how many of you from other countries have responded to my appeal. Uh, honest to God, I would say, and I haven't done a, a, you know, I haven't added this up mathematically, but of all the responses to the podcast on Saturday, to please send ideas to help us, I'd say a, a quarter to a third of them have come from those of you who are living in other countries. It's so heartening and I'm so grateful that you care. You're going through this too. This is, this is a worldwide pandemic and, and for you to take the time to think about how the United States can be helped, how you can help us or how we can help ourselves, maybe help us think of an idea we haven't thought of yet. You know, I wish I could play all of these voice messages, um, but I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna play a couple of them here so that you can um, get a sense of how much people from the, around the world are thinking about us uh, right now. Uh, this first one uh, comes to us from Canada from a woman named Robin. And here's what she had to say. Michael, I'm leaving you this message from Canada. And I heard your emergency podcast this morning. My name's Robin. And you were looking for answers as to how to stop this. And it seems to me that some of the military must be on board with removing Donald Trump from the White House and everyone else that's following him and doing the things that he wants to do to the world. And if we could just somehow find a way to get the military to stop him, that that might be a, a good answer to the dilemma that we find ourselves in. That's uh, Robin uh, from Canada suggesting, it's a Canadian suggesting that the military step in. Um, yes, I know these sirens here. I'm in the middle of New York and uh, this is like this every day, non-stop sirens. I would assume mostly from 911 calls of uh, people being taken to the hospital. Robin, um, I have also thought about this. Uh, are there not one or two generals in the Joint Chiefs of Staff who care about this country enough to not stage a military coup, but just just go over there um, and, you know, work it out with the Secret Service in advance. So they step aside and they take him out of there. No violence. No, don't hurt him. Just remove him. And, and then there has to be a, a joint um, meeting with the leadership of both parties to decide who is going to be in charge right now so we can save these lives. That's really all we care about right now. This is not about politics or um, whether there's a Democrat or a Republican in there. At this moment, this week, right now, this is about uh, trying to deal with the fact that what's happening in New York is, is potentially coming to the rest of the country. And um, how can we save lives? Um, but, you know, 
I got to say, this is like the last thing you want to do, right? It's the last image you want out there. And it's the last thing you want the Pentagon thinking that they ever have a right to just step into the people's White House. Which, you know, we've we've gotten through, we've gotten this far. 230 years with... Um, with no attempts, military coups or, or whatever. It's, um, it's not really the way we want to go, is it? It's like, we've got to think of something else. We've got to think of something better than that. But, but thank you, uh, Robin from Canada, because, um, I am, I'm guessing many people in this country have been wondering the same thing. Uh, what is our military for, if not to protect us? And in this case, the enemy is at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Well, I've thrown it out there. There you go. Our next uh, voicemail is from Denmark, and it comes from a member of the Danish Parliament. Member of Parliament. Uh, his name is Carl Valentin. And uh, let's hear uh, what uh, Carl from the Danish Parliament would like to tell uh, or suggest to us Americans. Hey, Michael. My name is Carl. I'm a Danish politician, member of the Danish parliament. I listen to your podcast and I really enjoy it. I think the thing I can contribute with in this very difficult situation is to say and to remind you all that things can be different. In Denmark, we have had a national shutdown, lockdown of the society for more than two weeks now. We have the situation under control as much as you can. And we also have a national healthcare system where healthcare is free for all. If you get sick, you never have to worry how to pay for it. It's just free and it's that simple. And I think it's important to remember as an activist that things can be different. So that was just what I wanted to say. Have a nice day. Bye. It's important to remember as an activist that things can be different. Not just as an activist, as a citizen, which I've always said, it's weird to define yourself as an activist because if you're a citizen in a democracy, it automatically implies that you're active. Because if the people aren't active in their democracy, then, of course, the democracy ceases to exist. Uh, thank you, Carl. Um, uh, first uh, first time caller from the Danish uh, p parliament. Um, I will say, though, of, of all the voicemails I've listened to that all of you have sent in, uh, not one has come from a member of our Congress, uh, from the 535 members. I heard from none of them uh, on the... <laughs> on the appeal this weekend so um uh, but i'm sure i will um <laughs> not really um but yes uh they have free universal health care as does as do most democracies on this planet most industrialized all industrialized countries have it uh we're the only ones and I'm sure a lot of you have been thinking about that during this time. What would it be like um, if nobody right now had to worry 
about getting sick, whether it's sick with this virus or, or any kind of, what are people doing right now who break a leg, um, who, uh, you know, their diabetes is acting up, uh, they've had a stroke, They're, they have to go to the hospital too. Nobody should ever have to worry about paying a bill when they go to a hospital. Just like when you are calling 911 because your house is on fire, you don't have to worry about paying the firemen when they show up. Nobody's thinking about money if the house is on fire. Nobody's thinking about when they send their child off to school every morning. Remember remember those days? Um, they need to send them off with money <clears throat> where they have to pay somebody at the door of the school in order to come in. No, there are certain things we decide are a human right and necessary for the society to survive, not just survive, but thrive. Police, fire, education, health has to be one of those things. It is everywhere else. And I know people in Denmark and Australia, Japan, Taiwan, France, Spain, Norway. I'm not going to down the whole list of countries. Just assume it's a long list. How they feel for us in a moment like this, in a health crisis like this. And the millions and millions who've lost their jobs in the last couple of weeks, they've lost their health insurance. There's no discussion about this other than the government promises to pay for the testing. And now apparently they promise to pay for the people who don't have health insurance They'll pay for their treatment if they get sick with the coronavirus. But that's all that is, is an indication that everything should be covered. Nobody should be worrying about this. And we will continue to fight for this. We have to see beyond this virus when this pandemic is over and it will be over. We are going to live in a different country and a different world. And all of us need to get behind that. Um, we have people, I think from a, couple of other countries here i just want, I want to get the foreign uh i want to do the foreign listeners uh first because i just thought it was very generous of them uh, to join in we have another canadian here this is uh carolyn uh from canada and uh, she's been very moved first in terms of how hard it's been on those of us here in the u.s but also how their leader um, has chosen to communicate and with his people and, and to do something um, about it. This is uh, Carolyn from Canada. Hi, Michael. Um, my name is Carolyn Skelly. Um, I'm Canadian. And I just had a couple of thoughts I'd like to share. I know the first time I listened to your podcast, um, I had first been checking what was happening in the United States and I, um, and I got very depressed. And then I uh, heard our Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, talking. And he's, he's spoken to the Canadian people for uh, every day. And I cried <laughs> because it's so different. Um, I know I'm, I'm running out of time. I send my condolences. Uh, we're having trouble here as well, of course, but not the way you are in the States. I'm sorry. She's sorry. She's sending her condolences to us from Canada. 
a lot I'm a lot of these voicemails and emails I received here in the last two days from around the world are people expressing their condolences. They can't believe what they're seeing. If you have a leader like Justin Trudeau, you have someone who every day is talking to the Canadian people, um, um, giving them the facts, telling them what he's doing to help alleviate this crisis, and then speaking to them as a human being and giving them real hope because they can see through his actions that lives are going to be saved. And it is, it is the, a 180 from what we've got. Can we go farther than a 180? Because that's what this would be from Trump. You can't really, can you know, it's just 180. Yeah. Well, people in these other countries, even if they disagree, they didn't vote for their political leader or whatever, uh, they know that that, that that individual is thinking very hard about every life that needs to be saved. I'm not saying it's perfect in these other places. I've been there. They've all got their own problems. But um, but in the UK now, Boris Johnson, not only sick, not only you know testing positive, now sent to the hospital. Not a good sign. Uh, next up is Kimberly from Australia. And uh, um, she just has some ideas about maybe how we could best uh, spend this time while we're in lockdown. Um, this is Kimberly. Mike, Kimberly from Australia again. I just want to say I'm locked up with my two children and husband, um, eight and ten. I'm trying to use the time to do things that I haven't done before. I'm trying to make cuttings of house plants, learn how to make my own soap, bake hot cross buns rather than buying from the bakery. My life hasn't been beer and Skittles for sure. I've suffered the, you know, travesties of both the terrible things that happen to kids as well as terrible things people inflict upon themselves as adults in response to that. But I'm going to make the best of this situation, and I know it's terrible for many, many people, but I'm going to read books that I haven't had the time to read, listen to podcasts. I'm going to get to know my family, play board games. I'm going to make sure that I leave this more informed, more self-reliant and self-sufficient and more ecologically sustainable. Sustainable. Wow. Uh, Kimberly, that's, uh, uh, those are some beautiful thoughts. And I've been, I've been trying to do some of those things. I have not made any hot crust buns. Um, so if, if you have any left over, I know FedEx is still in operation. You're welcome to send them to me here. Um, but uh, yes, read books. Read the books you've always wanted to read. The books that you never read back in school. The great, the classics, right? This is, I've, I've tried to, uh, I made a list and I started last week. And my goal was to try to read a book a week uh, during the uh, during the shutdown here, and uh, and so far sort of good. Um, but I'm looking forward to my my little list of books here. I'll, maybe I'll share that with you on a future podcast. Um, but yes, this is time we have now. If you have kids in the house, all the things you could be doing uh, with them. Um, uh, you know, this is really kind of precious time. I know, I know I'm saying this easy for me to say I'm not, uh, I'm beyond the age of raising kids, but, um, 
it's it really am i just being a romantic about this i'm just thinking wow that would be nice uh to have that kind of time um of what we could do like the kids what if the kid just give the kids an assignment or two um write a poem every day right doesn't don't don't judge yourself just write it or here here's some paper uh, draw paint be creative Put together a family musical. I mean, there's so many things I, I, um, you could do with your time and your talent and your creativity. Maybe it's not artistic. Maybe it's um, something you, you could be building in the garage. Maybe it's something, maybe it's a political idea, how you're going to be involved after this is over. What does that look like? What does that look like with you running for office, running for school board, running for city council? running for precinct, delegate, anything. Just get involved. Get excited about when this is over. How you're going to be a community leader. Yes, you. Why not you? Do you think what we've had so far has put us in a great position right now? We need you. So, thanks to Kimberly uh, from Australia. Um for that idea. I'm going to move on now uh, to this next one here. And um, this is coming from, um, uh, well, this one, he just, he said he'd prefer to remain anonymous. So I will keep it that way. And, uh, and here we go. Michael, we'd also like to hear some of your ideas. Obviously something along the lines of a March or a protest is, not feasible, given the circumstances. Even if something like that were feasible, it wouldn't accomplish anything. I remember seeing lots of people on the White House lawn against the Iraq War. That's still happening. Are you going to get some organizers on the show? People who are thinking out of the box. Well, thank you for that. Uh, yes, my ideas, I will share those in another uh, podcast. I've, I've, of course, been putting a few out here over the last uh, month, but I've also been um, doing some researching and writing um, about what a good uh, five-point plan would be um, here, uh, both during the pandemic and then one for after the pandemic. So I will definitely uh, share that with you. Um, I think it's a great idea to have organizers uh on this podcast and uh and have a discussion about what we do when this is over we should be planning this now we should not wait till the pandemic is over uh the forces of evil will swoop in let me tell you when uh when people are back to work and and everybody's so frazzled and worried about the second wave of this and uh and how they will take advantage of us uh, during that time. So we need to get out in front of that. And uh, thank you for that suggestion. That's something I will uh, definitely do. Um, next one comes from Scott and he sent this from uh, the Bay area. Hey, Michael, it's Scott. I live in the Bay area and um, I listened to your podcast this morning while I walked for seven miles in a driving rain. I've been thinking about it all day. It's heartbreaking. And I finally hit upon an idea. What if we walked? 
just walked. And I mean like Forrest Gump. Remember when he started running in the movie and people said, all of a sudden they started to take notice. Where are you going? What are you doing, Forrest? All of a sudden it became a national sensation. Where are you going? Why are you running? And he wouldn't talk. He just kept running. And his shoes got thin and his beard grew long and he just kept running. What if we did that? What if we walked to our nearest congressional office or home or senatorial office or home and we just walked? We can stay six feet away. We can stay 10 feet away. We can just walk and we can just show up because we're dying out here. And that's our message. They need to think about us. They work for us. What if we walk? Uh, <laughs> he walked uh, seven miles in a driving rain. Um, that's uh, uh, that's impressive. Uh, thank you, Scott, for that idea. Yes, why don't we walk? Well, as many of you know, I, I started uh, walking uh, a couple of years ago, and I asked you to join with me in that, and I've, I've been... Um, you know, I've, I've come back to it a number of times, um, and I think maybe it's time to come back to it again. Uh, I have not been walking, obviously. I've, I've not stepped out of my apartment. This is day, what is this? Oh, my God, it's day. Is it really? I'm looking at the calendar here. It is day 28 of my self-imposed exile in my apartment. <laughs> Um, I know you're all listening for signs of uh, insanity here. Uh, not there yet. Um, I'll make sure to flip on the microphone as soon as I recognize that I have gone completely batshit crazy so that you can actually hear it um, in what I'm sure will be one of the most uh, listened to and downloaded uh, podcasts on the Rumble. But in the meantime, while I'm still halfway sane... Um, uh, I, I, I thought about Scott's uh, suggestion. I thought, well, the, wh how can I start up the walking again if I'm not really going outside? And I thought, well, you know, I've got this little deck. It's very narrow. It's not little, but it's it's narrow um, outside my living room uh, window door here. And um, so I just went out and I marked off how many feet it is. and um, And then I looked up how long is a marathon? It's 26.2 miles. Um, there's, I think, 5,780 feet uh, in a mile. So I'd have to do that 26 times. So I'd have to do, I'd have to just kind of pace up and down this little, um, I don't want to call it little, it's narrow. That's what I mean. It's maybe, maybe uh, two feet wide, maybe three feet wide. But I could run a marathon on this deck right outside my window. I don't know how long that would take. I'll have to do the math on this later. But when I heard this, I now I just I thought, why don't I just do this? And anybody that wants to join me now, some of you you may live in more you know extended spaces where you're not going to encounter other people, so you can actually go outside and do this. But this is a good thing we can all do. I mean, those of us who are are are, you know, have the ability. I mean, there's obviously many people that um, are disabled. Uh, they're in wheelchairs. Uh, uh, they have leg braces, crutches, etc. unable to do this. Um, but they also have ways that they can move. Um, and if we all found our own way, whatever's best for us, uh, this is probably not a bad idea to do during this time. We need to move. We just can't be sitting and um, 
And what if we made it a marathon? 26.2 miles. Maybe, you know, I was just thinking now, this, I'm just talking off the top of my head here. We could come up with medals. Mike's Marathon. You know, anybody who just writes in and <laughs> says, I did 26.2 miles, they get, they get, because all the marathon runners all get a medal if you complete it. I don't know what happens. What happens to you if you don't? What if you stop? What if you can't make it in a marathon? You stop halfway through. Do they just, do they, do they bring in earth moving equipment? Do they just shovel you up and take you to some unknown pit? I don't, I don't know what happens. You never hear about the people that end up trying to crawl, but never get to the finish line, but uh, God bless them too. Um, all right, let me think about this. Don't don't be writing in for your medal yet. Uh, but uh, but uh, if you have an idea or whatever here, how we could all be running a marathon or two while we're locked up, um, this is a, this is a good idea. So thank you, Scott from the Bay Area, uh, for reminding us the, of the importance of that. Well, there's so many of these uh, voicemails that are, um, and maybe I'll, I'll continue to play some in future pocket, but I want to get to the, the people who've sent me emails and have posted things on social media of their ideas of what we all could be doing. Um, I'll just, I'll just run um, uh, one more here. This is from, uh, from Chuck and um, I'll just let him say what he, what he has to say here. Love your show. Just another comment. I know at some point, you know, you're going to come around. You're going to have to start fighting the Democrats, too. We don't get here without a weak, useless opposition party. That's why we are where we are today. We don't get universal health care with Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi or Hillary Clinton. And we need to quit equivocating and saying, oh, yeah, it's okay. You know, well, if we just get these people in over Trump. Trump is there because the Democrats let him exist and they don't push back. And I'm sorry, but Rachel Maddow took this country for three years down a ridiculous uh, trail of Russiagate so that she could flame up the Cold War for ratings. And that distracted us from what we really need to do was to attack the damn Democratic Party to get them to represent the people once again. You know it, and I uh, look forward to when you start saying that kind of stuff. Thanks, man. Well, there you go. I'm just going to leave leave that at that. Um. I think a number of the things he said are very true. Uh, Rachel, I love Rachel. Uh, we need Rachel. Man, some of her stuff during this uh, pandemic has been incredible. Um, I know there's a lot of debate on the left about all the time that was spent on Russia, Russia, Russia. Um, you know, look, I said it two years ago in my movie that, um, you know, the impeachment hearings and all this other stuff... None of this was going to get to the real core of what we needed to do. Um, even though I'm glad he was impeached and I'm glad there's a Mueller report and I'm glad for all that. But um, ultimately, my friends, we are not going to get out of this shithole we're in without some aggressive action, action on our part, all of us. If this time during this pandemic has shown us anything, it's that it's that there is another way and the way that we've been living is the wrong way. And it's led us to a point where when we did have, do have a national crisis, we don't know our way out of it. This has to change. 
That's the end of part one for What the F to Do, listener's edition. Thank you for participating in this. Uh, Those of you who left voicemails, uh, keep on leaving them. Tomorrow, I will read from some of the emails and social media posts uh, that you made with your ideas of what we need to be doing. That's it for part one. Part two will be tomorrow. We'll see you then.